Welcome to Dear Runner Bod, the pod dedicated to helping you embrace your runner's body. I'm Serena Moriardi, a registered dietitian and body image coach who wants you to stop dieting and start fueling the athlete within. While I am a medical professional, the information on this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not meant to diagnose, treat, or cure. Now, let's start rewriting your body's story. What is going on? I am recording my own podcast. This is so surreal, and I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in and learning from me. So I'm Serena. Hi. Maybe you know me from Instagram. (laughs) Maybe you know me from previous podcasts I've done, or maybe you're just getting to know me. I'm I'm a dietitian. I am an anti-diet dietitian. What does that mean? (laughs) Essentially, I'm a dietitian who does not believe in dieting for weight loss. Instead, I am a big fan of using food to fuel your performance, to fuel optimal health, and then just letting your body decide what its healthiest body weight should be rather than using manipulative tactics with food and equations and supplements to try and shrink your body to meet societal beauty standards. What else do you need to know about me? I'm a dietitian, but I'm also a runner. And I was a runner before I was a dietitian. I've been running since I was a freshman in high school. Actually, before that, I think I started running in eighth grade. Um, I think I really fell in love with running when I was a freshman in high school. But I did run in eighth grade. I actually did track in eighth grade. And I hated running. I think I I can't remember why I did it. I think I did it because my friend was doing it. And during the warm-up, we would run laps around the middle school. And I would hide in the bushes so that I didn't have to run the full like mile or whatever it was. I hated running. And I actually threw discus in eighth grade. And this is so crazy. I forgot about this. And then when I was a freshman in high school, I joined the lacrosse team. I was not an athletic kid. Like my dad always said my middle sister was really athletic, was always talking about my middle sister's athleticism. And he used to say I had claws for hands. I couldn't catch. This is all said with love, of course. But this became part of my identity when I was a little girl. Like, I was not the athletic one. I was the smart one. I was the polite one, but I was not the athletic one. That was my middle sister. My middle sister is still incredibly athletic and an amazing athlete, but I'm an amazing athlete too. And so that's what this journey is about, right? Is me talking to you about how I've rewritten my body story. So um, freshman year, I did lacrosse. My lacrosse coach He told me that I had really impressive amount of endurance out on the lacrosse field. I got suckered into trying cross country by a friend of mine in high school and I fell in love, fell madly in love with long distance running. It was a way for me to relieve stress. I made some of my best friends still to this day. I'm now 
freaking 34 years old, still my best friends and maid when I was a sophomore in high school. And at that time, my main priority was I wanted to lose weight. And so I started running in high school with the goal of losing weight. And it worked. I lost weight. I became obsessed with losing weight. And that really colored a lot of my teenage years and my 20s with an obsession with dieting, shrinking my body, looking a certain way, eating in a way to control my body weight, but also just to control all the things in my life that felt really out of control. I was obsessed with controlling my body. And this spiraled into years and years and years of struggling with binge eating, bulimia, binge eating some more, bulimia some more, macro tracking, paleo dieting, low carb dieting, every diet known to man. (laughs) And the craziest part of all this when I look back on it is I don't think I really ever realized how over the top my obsession with dieting and shrinking my body was. I really felt like I, if I could just do like one thing differently, if I could just like figure out the missing piece of the puzzle, I could take my, you know, Ivy League degree from Cornell University and mix it up with my Ivy League degree from Yale University where I became an RD and I could take all that information and I would crack the code and I would, you know, get the perfect body that I always wanted and I would stop binge eating and I would stop purging and I would stop obsessing over food. And I really believed this well into my 20s. And the whole time I was running, the whole time I was running because in freshman year of high school, my coach, Coach Ioni, told – I think that was his name – told me I had good endurance and I just ran, 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 ran. And running became such an important part of how I processed stress but also how I managed my weight. All this to say, all of that obsession with controlling my body, manipulating my body weight, it did not lend to an attitude of feeling like an athlete. For me, the priority was not – feeling like an athlete. And even when I started, you know, when I ran my first marathon in college, um, my priority was not fueling those long runs. My priority was not repleting hydration. My priority was shrinking my body. And I had a lot of long runs where I would lay in bed at night feeling so hungry, feeling like I could not understand how I was so hungry and how to control the hunger getting so many headaches because I probably did a horrible job of repleting my electrolytes and tons of GI issues because we will talk all about this in future episodes. But if you want to mess up your gut health, a really good way to do that is to be chronically undernourished. And I was the queen of chronic undernourishment. Okay. So I'm a dietitian. I'm a runner. I've been running for over 20 years and I started running because I wanted to lose weight. And why am I still running? Here we are, flash forward, 34, I'm 34 years old now. I'm still running and running has nothing to do with shrinking my body. I gave up dieting years ago 
I started following the principles of intuitive eating. I finally took those Ivy League degrees and started actually applying the sports nutrition knowledge that I have gained out of over years and years and years of of being a dietitian. And I started eating like an athlete. I started feeling phenomenal on long runs. I started running strong and feeling good in my body. And I stopped running for the pursuit of weight loss. I run now because running is my true love. Um, And before I met my husband, I always like really believed this at one point in my life that I would never love anything more than I loved running, that running was my truest love. (laughs) And now my husband's my truest love, but I really love running. Running lifts me up. Running makes me feel powerful. Um, I still have this like weird, um, like magical little kid desire to like learn how to fly and running feels like the closest I will ever get to being able to like learn how to fly. Running makes me feel like myself. It, 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 it It's where I think all my brilliant ideas, it's where I came up for with the title of this podcast. Running is my favorite way to pass the time. My favorite memories in the world are Ragnar relays I've done with friends or running my um, my best friend and I ran her first half and first marathon together. I think running is the best way to meet new friends. The running community on Instagram is thebomb.com. I run because it just makes my life so sparkly. And that's why I run now. It's not to shrink my body. And I think in this journey of being a dietitian, of being a girl who runs, of being a person who has left the world of weight loss behind, one of the hardest things for me when I was on my journey of quitting dieting, quitting controlling my body, my body weight, and really just making peace with my set point weight, with the the weight that my body wants to be when I am not dieting, was to really start to learn how to rewrite my body story. And so Dear Runner Bod, you know, I really want this to be a podcast that helps you to rewrite your story with your body. I want you to have more tools in your toolbox besides positive affirmations when you are having a bad body image day. For a long time, the way I was trying to talk back to my diet voice was by saying things in the mirror like, you are beautiful, you are strong, Um, you have good hair. And I was just using all these positive affirmations to try and make myself buy into body love or buy into this new level of like self-respect and self-love. And it didn't work because I really did not like my body. I really did not like what I saw in the mirror. And so it was really hard for me to just write some positive affirmations on a sticky note, repeat them a handful of times a day, and really start to rewrite the narrative. And instead, what I needed to do is I needed to peel back the layers. I needed to understand why I was leaning on restricting my body and controlling my body to find happiness. I needed to figure out why I was controlling my food and what that gave to me. And I needed to rewrite all those stories. 
So that's what I'm hoping to do in this podcast is to give you some of those tools to help you rewrite your own body story. Now, I think something that's really important for us to discuss on this first podcast here is some of the privileges that I hold as a white woman. I'm, I'm, I live in a white body. I don't know if you can tell by listening to my voice on this podcast. I'm a white woman. And because of that, you know, there's one less layer of marginalization that I have to live with in this world. I'm a woman, but then I'm white and I'm also thin. You know, I recovered, my recovered body is still a straight-sized, thin, white body. So as you're listening to this podcast, you have every right in the world, if you have more more levels of marginalization than I do, if you are living in a body of color, if you are living in a body that is a larger size where, you know, it won't be as easy for society to accept you when you show up for yourself and say, hey. I'm a runner. This is my runner's body. Look at me. Hear me roar. It's easier for me because I am in a thin white body. And I just want to acknowledge that. I can't change it. I, I, just, I just want you to know I'm aware of my privilege. I acknowledge my privilege. And I'm hoping to have some guests on here that have different experiences from me who can help you in your journey to healing if you can't identify with the level of privilege that I have. So I just want to like, I I just want to put it out there. I want you to know, I know what's going on. I get it. I get it. I get it. But at the same time, I really do truly believe that while for some people, this journey will be easier and some, it will be harder. I really believe that if you are a runner, you deserve to look in the mirror and say, I have a runner's body. And I don't think the way we do this is by writing sticky notes and putting them on the mirror. I don't think the way we do this is by simply following a bunch of self-love accounts. I really think the way we need to do this is we need to uncover our story. We need to understand why we think the thoughts that we think. We need to understand why we choose the things that we choose to do, the behaviors we choose to do in our life. And we need to really dig into whether we feel ready and equipped to change the narrative, change our body story so that you can eventually look in the mirror and proudly say, hey girl, hey, I am a runner and I have a runner's body. Okay. So that is the point of this podcast. It's to empower you to embrace your runner bod. It is for me to share my own story. And as I just mentioned, I do exist with a huge, tremendous amount of privilege. And at the same time, I also know that I really struggled. And so I'm hoping that by by sharing my struggles, I can hopefully um, prevent you from struggling so much in your own journey to healing and recovery. Let's go back to running. <laughs> running is always like the, the my happy place, right? We just we just talked about a lot of like really heavy stuff here. I run right now and I I think we're going to talk about my journey as an athlete, my journey as my identity as a runner. Um like I said, I I started cultivating this identity when I was 13 years old. So we're going to be talking a lot about like what it means to be a runner and having an identity of a runner and we're going to talk we're going to dig into all of that. But for right now, let's just like keep it cash. You're just getting to know me. Um 
you know, in terms of like what's my what's my relationship with running nowadays? So I have been running mostly for pleasure. And um, I would say up until the pandemic when I would be running, a lot of times I was training. I was training pretty intensely. I was pretty competitive in my training. I was trying to actively PR and break records. And PR means personal record um, for those of you who are not familiar with that term. So trying to beat my own record basically in races and run and compete with my own times. And nowadays, since the pandemic, I would say I'm kind of on this journey where I'm trying to recalibrate my relationship with running because during the pandemic, one of the silver linings of the pandemic was that I you know, we weren't racing, right? None of us could race. The races were no longer available to us. And while that felt like such a crazy thing for me, it also was a really healing thing for me because I started using running again as just like pure stress relief. Like I would just go out and I would just run and run and run. And I did it to feel good. I I dabbled in low heart rate training. I just really was running for fun. I slowed down, I put Taylor Swift on, and I ran a lot to cope with the stress of the pandemic. And that was awesome. But at the same time, I started like using running in a different way, right? Like I wasn't pushing myself. I wasn't doing those tempo workouts. I wasn't doing speed workouts anymore. I was just doing distance because it made me feel good. And I really loved that experience. Like that experience was really incredible for me. And I had kind of forgotten, as silly as this sounds, that that's an option. Like when you're running, you can just run not because you want to lose weight, not because you're trying to PR, but you can just run because it feels so dang good. And I like rediscovered that during the pandemic. And so since then, you know, now it's like three years. Holy cow. I can't believe it. Um, You know, these last three years, I went through that phase where I was just running for fun, running for pleasure. And now I'm kind of getting antsy again. Like I kind of want to start getting competitive again. And I want to start kind of like diving back into speed work and challenging myself, but I'm trying to figure out how to do it in a way where it doesn't feel so like obsessive and all in. I have done a lot of work in separating my self-worth from my body size. I have done a lot of work in separating my self-worth from how fast I run. And it feels really triggering for me every time I dip my toes back into the world of, you know, speed training. I feel really almost like triggered that I'm going to start reassociating my self-worth to my pace. And again, this is all stuff I want to like talk to you on future podcast episodes about, about how to separate your self-worth from your pace, separate your self-worth from your body size. I don't want you to think that just because I've already arrived there, we're not going to talk about that. But I do also want to be honest with you in like what work I still need to do. And this is an area where I still have a lot of healing to do. Where like I'm curious about what it's going to feel like to compete again, but I haven't quite figured out how to do it without really activating that really judgmental part of my personality. And so like that's something that I'm still healing and still exploring and um I'm I'm maybe only like a step ahead of you in that department. And so I'm excited to continue sharing that piece of my healing journey 
on this podcast and maybe some of the guest interviews we're going to have, maybe they're going to help me like have some powerful aha moments, which, oh, I'm so excited already about all the guests I have lined up. I can't wait to share those interviews with you. Okay. So that's me. I am like grinning ear to ear. I can't believe I'm doing this. I feel really honored to have you on this journey with me. I love talking about running. I love talking about body image. I love talking about nutrition. And I just can't believe that I'm going to have people putting my voice into their earbuds and letting me just talk and talk about these topics that I feel so passionate about. So thank you so much for being here. If you decide you are a fan of the show, please subscribe. Please share these episodes. Helping me grow is the greatest gift that you can give to me. I am so excited to help more and more women embrace their body as a runner's body. And the way I can really do that is with your assistance, with you sharing this message, with you subscribing and sharing these episodes. So thank you so much for being here. And I can't wait to chat with you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Dear Runner Bod. If you enjoyed what you heard, remember to subscribe and make sure you share today's episode. Also, if you're looking to download a free three-step guide to love your runner's bod, then head to serenamarierd.com. Can't wait to chat with you next week.